0: Welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. This week, I talked to a guy who at one point was an art teacher by day and a minor league pitcher by night. Today, he's a well-known sports artist. His name is Chris Brown, and he's my guest coming up. American Pride Roasters Coffee, it's the perfect coffee, y'all, no matter which of the dozens of their amazing roasted blends you try. This month, they're featuring the Ben Franklin Blend, I hope you'll give that a shot because the Franklin features French roasted Colombian beans that you can serve hot, cold or even as an espresso. It's versatile the way Ben Franklin was as a statesman, a diplomat, inventor and so much more. Did you know when he was seven years old, Ben Franklin learned a hard lesson about money? See, he bought a whistle outside of a toy store only to realize later that he paid four times what it was worth. Besides, it was a used whistle. Come on, Ben. What are you doing? Well, look, over at APRCoffee.com, check out his blend, so many others. And when you do and you order at least two pounds of coffee, type in ATM in the special instructions section during checkout. They're going to include an eight-ounce bag of the Reagan blend, a time for choosing. That's a $10 value. You get it for free. APR Coffee.
1: You're listening to
0: At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Chris Brown is my guest this week. He has lived a really amazing life as an award-winning college pitcher, a minor league star, high school teacher, and oh, right, he's also the official artist for the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. He and I are both very accident-prone So it's no surprise that we met at the physical therapist's office. He sat down recently and had a conversation with me that I hope you'll enjoy on this edition of At The Mic. I'm gonna set the scene here. (laughs) I'm sitting in effectively a garage. it's, it's, It's the coolest garage, but in the back is an art studio. And it's the art studio that belongs to Chris Brown, who is my guest today. And I'm telling you, man, I'm I'm surrounded by the coolest sports paintings that I've ever seen, and that is that is really I was gonna say that's what you do, but that's not all that you do, and we'll obviously cover a lot of ground today. But thanks for being a guest, first of all.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, yeah, It's a
0: pleasure. And when did you start? By the way, let me let me back up here. <laughs> he and I met because we injured ourselves. Right. And separate, and yours is more glamorous. Mine's kicking <laughs> a Nerf football when I tore my labrum on my hip. You were snowboarding and shattered your leg. Yeah. So we ended up talking at a uh, physical therapist. <laughs> 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 and uh, and so I thought, man, this guy sounds cool. It sounds like very interesting conversation. So anyhow, I appreciate you making time. Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me out here to um, your studio. When did you discover that you had a talent to paint because, I mean, there's a long and winding road that is your life. Yeah. And and, I'm, and I was sitting here struggling when, when we uh, turned the mics on. I couldn't quite figure out how I wanted to begin this. So let's just start with your art talent. Never. When did you go, oh my gosh,
1: I can do something with this? Well, I mean,
0: because it's strictly, it's it's for predominantly sports art, right? Paintings yes.
1: of yeah. athletes in well, action. Kind of how I've made my my name, right? Okay, yeah. Um, well, I mean, all the way back to when As further back as I can remember, like you know, we all start picking up pencils and crayons and those kind of things. Um, I was just one of those kids that spent a lot of time by myself, I guess. You and, know and, and
0: you grew up in McCook, Nebraska, right? Yeah, yeah. Small town, western Nebraska.
1: Out in the middle of nowhere. Out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. So not a ton to do anyway. Sure. You know? So um, <laughs> but I got into school and I had teachers who praised me on, you know, my drawings. I'm sure that they probably weren't very good, but um, it's just that continual praise and like any other kid, you know, you start getting praised for something. You like that, you know, or at least I did, you know, I like, I liked being praised for being good at something. And so that just fed the fire. And so started to believe it a little bit, you know, and started to just kept going with it. And it
0: wasn't like an American Idol contestant that's been told their whole <laughs> life, no, honey, you're really good at singing. And then they end up being embarrassed on national TV. <laughs> you actually had talent.
1: <laughs> well, I, well I, then, then I probably didn't. Okay. But, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe compared to some of my, my classmates, I don't know. But sure. um, as I progressed through school, then I got into, uh, they called it a Cracker Jack program. So if you got straight A's, which was a miracle that I did, but if you got straight A's, you got to choose a subject to spend more time on. I think this was like fifth grade. We didn't even have an art class at my school, right? So I said, well, I want to do art. So they worked it out to where they sent me to the high school, and I got to spend more time... um, actually with Mr. Stanky, who was the art teacher at the time. And so that really, really threw some kindling on the fire there, you know. And so I I was sort of learning more advanced stuff than what I should have been learning at at that age, I think. And then got into junior high, I had Mr. Clapp, who was an... yeah. It's just an excellent art teacher, you know, so I, I was actually fortunate once I got to that level that I had really good art teachers that 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 pushed me and supported me and and I just kind of fell in love with it, you know, and then went on from there and it was time for college and what do you pick as a major? You pick the thing that, that you love the most.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned college and you wanted to go off and study art, but how did you end up at Northwestern State University in Louisiana, being from a small town in Nebraska,
1: right, throwing a baseball,
0: throwing a baseball. So you were yeah. a pitcher.
1: I was a pitcher. In
0: addition yeah. to being an artist. Now, now we'll get back to the art. But did you always want to do sports art specifically?
1: No. Or okay. No. Um, that wasn't until, honestly, after I got out of college, um, got advice from a from a professional illustrator that um, all he did all year long was Santa Claus's that was his niche. And his advice to me was, you need to pick something because my portfolio at the time was very broad. I was just kind of all over the place. (laughs) And and so he said, you need to pick something that when people think of it, they think you, right. And that's who they're going to go to. And so he'd done illustrations for Pepsi and Coke and, you know, and all those different huge companies. And so he was the Santa Claus guy. That's cool. And so I took that advice and I started thinking, well, what do I really want to do as far as subject matter? And so being an athlete, literally until i was 29 years old sports was was it for me and so then i decided to tie the two together and luckily it's it's really worked out
0: so i guess what (laughs) 20 years or so that's been your niche huh yeah right okay so let's go back to throwing a baseball you were a pitcher in high school yes at mccook high school right McCook senior high mccook senior high okay did northwestern state just did they say hey um let's let's recruit this
1: guy or how did you end up in the state of louisiana so i went to a junior college first okay cali county community college in arkansas city kansas all right not to be mistaken for arkansas cities <laughs> Um so i went there was very successful i was the first team all american and was the nvp of the league my sophomore year and so that's when northwestern got to see me was at an all-star game ah uh-huh. uh, which oddly enough <laughs> so i was this all-star game starter and uh I go, I go out to start, and I walk the first three guys. Right, it's like the worst thing in the world. Right.
0: Oh man. So my
1: coach comes out, who was also my head coach for Cali, was also the All Star coach. You know, because we had now we that had league. to
0: feel good to have him there. Huh?
1: <laughs> well, he came out. This guy's won over a thousand games. He's in Kansas Sports Hall of Fame himself. So he comes. He's like. <laughs> Brownie, I don't know what to tell you, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so bases loaded. So, yeah. So nobody, now out. No,
1: nobody, nobody <laughs> out in the all-star game. So who's coming up? Is you know the four-hole, right? The cleanup hitter of, of the all-star team. <laughs> so um, oddly enough, though, I strike out the side, the next three guys. Right? So I strike out four, five, six, and and that was my inning, right? And, but I'm I'm just ticked, you know. I'm like, how are you right. gonna, you know? And so then Childers, who is the pitching coach at Northwestern, uh, who is now the head coach at A and M. Oh, well. Rob Childers. Yeah. And so he comes, I'm sitting with my parents and he came with me he's like, Hey, I really liked what I saw, blah, blah, blah. We talked for a little while. And then it just, you know, throughout that year, throughout the spring, uh, you know, they flew me in and visited and I love Natchitoches. You know, um, if you've never been to Natchitoches, Natchitoches, Louisiana is, is Unbelievable. It's literally the oldest settlement in the Louisiana Purchase. Oh, wow. A little history for you. I
0: adore history.
1: Steel Magnolias was filmed there. So I love you, that. Yeah, so if you want to get a, a tour of the town, just watch Steel Magnolias. Okay. It's very, very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I got recruited by a lot of schools because we, we had a lot of success, and I was first-team All-American, and like I said, and, um, you know, the scholarship was right for me, and I loved it, and I mm. loved Childers you know, um, Van Horn was actually the head coach at the time.
0: Former Nebraska.
1: Right. Baseball. And Childers. They both, oddly enough, they I left after that my, that yeah. said that, yep. So they left after my junior year. They get me there. I pitch a year for them. And then they both leave and go to Nebraska, who I had turned down to go to Northwestern. Oh. Right. So I remind Childers of that all the time. I'm like, you know, I turned them down t- to be with you there. Oh. Um, Van Horn is now the head coach of Arkansas and Childers the head coach of A&M. So it's. Mhm. Yeah. The last AM game I went to was Arkansas against AM. So oh. I got to sit on the field and talk to both of them, which is really oh, cool. cool.
0: How great is that? So, yeah. but you fell in love then with the state of Louisiana, huh?
1: Yeah. So from yeah. so
0: from McCook, Nebraska, a town of 7,500 people, is that about right? Or, yeah, a little yeah. under 8,000 now yeah. probably. So now you're in Louisiana, far from home, but night and day, too. Yeah. There's, there's two states couldn't be more different. So <laughs> so you ended up not only going to school there, but I take it you you really enjoyed it. You have a, an interesting position there with the state of Louisiana, yeah. despite the fact that you live in the state of Texas, I'd like to point <laughs> out. So, okay, so.
1: I like to have the best of both worlds. Right, know. right,
0: yeah. but so you stuck with baseball
1: for quite a while. You yeah. were in the Cubs organization, right? Yeah. How did that happen? Got drafted after my senior year. Supposedly they were supposed to draft me after my junior season. Set the strikeout record at my school that year. And you know, I had a had a pretty good year. And then, for whatever reason, didn't get drafted by him. Come back from my senior year. Um, I broke my back in the fall. So, rehab, rehab, rehab. Didn't have any surgery. Pitched my senior year. Ended up, I did okay. Okay. And I didn't nearly, I wasn't the same pitcher. Oh. Um, How did you
0: break your back, by the um, way? Squatting.
1: Went down and popped and then i oh. actually came back up and racked it and just couldn't bend over anymore so it's no. excruciating but yeah so you know when you bend over and that bone sticks out uh-huh. so I broke that completely off uh-huh. and because we didn't get any x-rays i never knew
0: how many pounds was it
1: it was only 315 i wasn't <laughs> only 315 well <laughs> at the time that was just repping okay. you know I, okay. I wasn't maxing out by any means but huh. um, it was enough right you right. know and i i think it was one of the situations where it had started yeah, to to fracture, and that was just it, and that was the you know probably some some form problems, you know it was probably <laughs> bad form. I, I I can admit that looking back. Right. Uh. Anyway, so pitched my senior year, got drafted. Fortunately, went and played for the Cubs. Did did pretty well. Okay. I had an ERA under the th- under three with them. Okay. You know. Yeah. Actually, when I got released, I pitched ten innings in spring training. Ten innings. Nobody reached base.
0: <laughs> and then they released <laughs> and you, and I got released.
1: What in the world? But it is what it is, you know. Yeah. So, uh,
0: how many years were you in baseball?
1: In minor leagues, yeah, six years, six seasons.
0: What was that like? I mean, we've all seen Bull Durham. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Bull Durham's
1: a well fairly accurate. I, I mean, let's not say it's all accurate, but um, I mean it's, it's exciting. You know, there's there's a lot of thrill to it and. It's it's a lot of learning, yeah. You know, but then there's a lot of craziness too, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> especially like if you get out of organized ball and you get into independent ball, uh, which I did at the end. Then you're dealing with a whole different, you know. Th- it's like rules. Let's throw those out the window. You know. <laughs> so um, played with some some different kind of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy is serving several life sentences in prison, and <laughs> oh my. so. It was, it was a different beast, you know. Uh,
0: so when you went to college,
1: what was your major when you were there? So in junior college, it was just straight art. So okay. I, And I got my associates there. Um, and then when I went to Northwestern, it was actually art education. Okay, so you wanted to teach. I wanted to so teach. So you
0: knew, I want to do art and I want to teach it.
1: Yeah. So Okay. For, and, and I'll tell you why. My... my the whole reason I went, got up and went to high school every single day was because of my art class, huh. you know, I didn't really care about the other subjects and I think it showed, you know, <laughs> and then, but my art classes, I loved going there and I loved not just the attention that it got me, but the fact that I got to be creative Yeah. and my Mr. Stanky was one of those very supportive teachers and it was fun to be around and he was always creating art, you know, and I was like, I want to influence somebody that way. I want kids to come to school because they enjoy being in that class, even if it's only for an hour hour and a half. So that was that was really the kind of the main push to get into that. After baseball, is that when you started actually doing the teaching role? Three years before I retired from baseball, I started wow. teaching.
0: How do you do that? How do you balance that? Is it a school year it was a calendar thing? It was or
1: draining? Um, they both worked with me. Mm-hmm. Um, the team because I was a starting pitcher. I would miss the games on the road that I didn't start. Okay. For while the school was in. Wow. Right. And so I was just, I didn't have to try to force a trade or anything because I got a job right there. That's cool. You know, at Sherryland high school. So, you know, and I was playing in Edinburgh and they're literally 10 minutes apart. Okay. So cool. And then the school would let me miss if I I had to drive for for my start. So, and sometimes (laughs) it was, you know, I had to drive all the way to Amarillo.
0: Oh my. Pitch a
1: game, drive back. Oh, you know, so, but that's all right, you know. It, like I said, it was, it was cool that they worked it out. Um,
0: yeah. What what a unique combination. High school art teacher by day, minor league pitcher yeah. by night. I, I got to take a picture of you. In fact, you know what? i want to say here. You know, I, I, it, turn toward the art. Yeah. Uh, this is what we do. We we take the <laughs> picture during the show. I've forgotten to do this for a while here. Three, two, one. Let me let me get one with the art more showing here. Cool. Okay. So in this crazy COVID era are you getting to teach your students in person
1: yes and no so they have a choice um you know for the kids who are afraid to come to school mm-hmm. or their parents are afraid to send them sure let's not always put it on the kids because sometimes they don't have a choice but sure um and unfortunately at fossil ridge high school where i'm at a majority of them are staying home
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay so most of my classes i may have eight to ten kids sitting in the room you know and then the rest are in Zoom or, you know, or they have the, the opportunity to get on Zoom and get help. Yeah. You know, those kind of things. So it's got to be a challenge. It is. Yeah, I, and I, I hate to say we're getting used to it because I don't <laughs> I don't want to get used to it. I don't right. think anybody wants to get used to it. Mm-mm. I know the core teachers, half of them had strokes when they told them that we'd have to be teaching online at the same time as teaching in class and because they, they felt like that was the easiest. You know, so if a kid decides next nine weeks, I want to come back to in-person, they don't jack up the whole schedule right it's fit right back into where you're supposed to be so
0: and you're not having to teach extra classes it's just a camera present in your class correct okay right understood so at the high school in addition to teaching
1: art you're also a baseball coach? So, my first 17 years I coached coached baseball. I was a pitching coach. Okay. I was able to specialize in just being the pitching coach. Okay. I, I I loved it. I left because I wanted to spend time with my son my, and my, my family. That's a great reason. You know, it, it got to where, and I don't even mind saying this, uh, growing up, my, my dad was in the oil field, so he was gone all the time. He'd get up before I woke up, come home after I went to bed. And so, when it got to, you know, my son, would be in bed when i got home that started hitting me hard you know and i and let's be honest i want to be a better dad than i want to be a coach and so i made that hard decision even though i was i was very invested in that and enjoyed it got a lot out of it Mm -hmm. you know as well as contributing but i got a lot from it sure um it's it's rewarding but five-year-old maddox correct yes and now i'm gonna i'm gonna just i'm gonna risk it here (laughs) The name? Greg. Max. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. All right. So that's. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're a pitcher. It's worse, though. His his initials are MLB.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> was that on purpose? And it wasn't even on purpose. That wasn't uh, on
1: purpose. No, I swear. Everybody I, I blames me. Um, <laughs> my wife and I were actually driving back to Nebraska. She was pregnant at the time. We're, <laughs> we're, she's literally flipping through books of names. And yeah. she comes, you know, there was a lot of them for us because we're both teachers. There were so many names we're like, no. No, no, no. It reminds me of <laughs>
0: yes. <you know?
1: laughs> so that was it. Was hard. Like half the right. book was because we'd both been teaching for so long. Like half the book was just out. Uh huh. Um, and she came across Maddox, and my middle name is Lee. Okay. And I didn't want to name him after myself, but I did want him to have my same middle name if it worked out. Yeah. And, so, and she suggested that, so um, Maddox Lee Brown. Perfect. And so we know, and then I had to explain to her because she she loves sports, but she's not. Into sports. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I had to explain to her the whole Maddox thing. Right. And I was sold right there. I was like, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's it. Cool. You know, he's got an awesome name. It's a baseball related uh-huh. name. And I didn't even come up with it.
0: Does he uh, have any athletic prowess that you're noticing yet? Or is it too early?
1: I, I hope it's too early. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Very
1: he, good. He's a different cat. Um, <laughs> He's super into, I, like any kid, like he really likes art because daddy's into it. Cool. You know, he likes music because mommy's into it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when I, I did coach, you know, she would bring him to the games. I'd let him run the bases before the games and stuff like that. And so I was trying to get him into it. He hits, you know, he's ready to start. He lost his T-ball season last year's first one, so he'll well, he'll go again this year. But <sighs> – um I got good advice from Peyton Manning, of all people. Uh-huh. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> who gets yeah. to say that? And
0: I can't wait to ask you about yeah. the athletes that you've rubbed shoulders with and and painted yeah. um, images of, but what was the advice from Peyton Manning on fatherhood? So
1: Peyton did the same thing, learned from his dad, Archie, who I also got to meet, and Archie, you know, he picked it up from his dad. Is, he said, I never told my kids they had to practice. I never made them practice. Mm. They had to come to me, but if they came to me, I was always going to be there, you know, no matter what, I was going to be there. And so with him, and it's hard for me, and I'm not going to lie, it's hard Mm -hmm. not to say, hey, you want to go hit? Right. You know, Um, but I also know he needs to be ready if he's Mm -hmm. going to go into T-ball. He he needs to be a little bit ready uh, just from a safety standpoint. So I'll give him a little nudge. I'll, I'll say that. I'll say, you know, you want to go hit. But if he says, no, I don't feel like it, I don't press it so i've kind of taken that sure a little bit too like i'm not going to make him want to enjoy it just because i want him to understood but, but i am thrilled to death that he's he's dying to come out here and paint that's cool you know that's, that's gotta true. be
0: fun i was yeah. gonna ask you if he came out here in this awesome art studio just to hang out with you while you were yeah. painting or something that's he's, cool i had to clean up his the, he was using those <laughs> you know. yeah, I'm, I'm surrounded by art supplies this is such a cool <laughs> setup here i see yeah. so um well you talking about him and 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 being so young, and, and you're talking about sports, it, it segues nicely into your earliest memory, which I believe was walking onto a t-ball field, yeah. having no idea how to play the sport or right. what happened there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> didn't practice. Like, I,
1: I guess I couldn't remember ever having a practice, you know? It was like we just showed up, and and I and coach says, go to second, and I'm like... <laughs> Oh, well, where's that? Where, where do you want me to stand? You know, luckily it wasn't one of those situations where it scarred me, you know, and I never wanted to go out there sure. again. But, um, <laughs> yeah, worked out. I remember that going, and he's like, just stand there. <laughs> like, All right, I'll do that. That's fun. You that's know, it's just cool. a clueless five year old, which is ironic because that's the age my kid is now. And here he is about to start. And cool. So man. those creep back in, and you're like, well, I don't want him to be in that situation, you yeah. know?
0: Well, um, <laughs> I've got, but I've got a question now. You and Paula, see, you're from Nebraska. You went to school in Louisiana, but Paula is from Texas, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Keller.
0: Your wife. Okay. Uh, a suburb of Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah, right. How did y'all meet?
1: <laughs> Church, Sunday school. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so locally here then? Actually, no. Down in the Rio okay. Grande Valley. So wait now, why are you going down <laughs> there? I mean, you're, there's so many yeah.
0: geographical points here. How did it's you get down to the Rio Grande?
1: Uh For me, it was baseball. A team... Okay. Team in Edinburgh bought my my rights. Okay, and so um, it was a it was a first year team built a new stadium in Edinburgh. We won a championship, so it was worth going down there. Okay, court, but, what's uh, the nickname? That sounds like a uh, the Roadrunners.
0: Edinburgh Roadrunners. Edinburgh Roadrunners. Road okay. So
1: yeah, we were super successful. Actually, um, Chad Fredway was the manager. He was a guy I actually played against the year before. So anyway, we go down there, and we win the championship the first year, and <laughs> awesome. Um, my librarian comes in and invites me to his church and i was like yeah i'm looking for you know i need something <laughs> you know, okay. there's something missing in my life and uh-huh. so i'm yeah that's that's probably it and <laughs> so i started going to church and then i get invited to wednesday night bible studies and then all of a sudden i notice this pretty girl and you know i'm trying to tell myself that's not what i'm there for yeah uh, <laughs> little did you know it was, was while you were there um god worked with me i'm proud to say i'm actually a deacon now all right uh, yeah um she uh was not noticing me right away let's put it
0: <laughs> she was not noticing <laughs> she, me
1: if she did she put on a, a good run she made me chase <laughs> you know um, uh uh-huh. we dated for a long time was engaged for a year got got married and then it got to where honestly it was just like every holiday we were driving all the way from the valley up to here or further to nebraska you know i was like i don't want to drive nine or ten hours every time Mm -mm. there's a holiday. And so we started looking up here, and I got hired at Ridge, and boom, we left. How long have
0: you been up here
1: in Dallas-Fort Worth? Since 2012. Okay, very good. And love it. Yeah. We love it here. So,
0: Well, besides the teaching and the art and the baseball and all of that fun stuff, you have a hobby that is very unique, and it's um, making baseball bats, Yeah. right? Yeah. On a lathe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So is that... Like, is that somewhere around here? It's like out there? in the, okay. main,
1: the main part of the how building. How does
0: it take, like, how do you take us through the process of, I'm going to make a bat? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, where do you, I, I know there's wood involved,
1: right? but so like, I, where I, do you yeah, go for that? You buy a blank and, and and it's just, it looks like a really, really thick dowel rod is basically what it looks like. Luckily it's round and yeah. it's kind of made for bat so they're bat blanks right so Mm -hmm. you go get an ash or maple or whatever i like using maple myself Hmm. i had one of our elder church members retired deacon and and former vet took me to his house and showed me how to to actually use the lathe and this and that cool you know and i'm just interested in learning things like that and learning how to do things with my hands and create something you know from from nothing Yeah, that's the great thing about what I do is every time I create something, it's something that never existed on this planet before Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. So just the pure joy of creating something that didn't exist. That's really cool. You know, it's... So anyway, you start what's called chunking, which is you're just getting the bigger parts of it down. You know, you're whittling it down to somewhat of a shape of a bat. And then when I get to a certain point, that's when I start breaking out all the the different sandpaper grit and sanding it down. And then, you know, you want it to feel kind of like are you glass by the time you're done?
0: Yeah. Are you making it to specs or just making a bat?
1: Some guys are pretty good about it. Like, they'll have a literally a plan. Like, this should be this thickness here. This and what right. I do is I get out some of the bats from minor league teams that I was on. Uh huh. And I just sit it in front of me. You know, cool. I don't know if it's the artist in me, but I just sit it in front of me and I just eyeball it. I just use that as a that's cool as man. kind of a template, I guess you could say. So they're all literally to. You know, pro baseball bat sizes. That's that that sounds
0: like fun. Now, you know, I I send the email out and and ask a bunch of questions. And you when it came to the last song you had on repeat was a national song. Yeah. I I was thinking about this when I came out here and and you love the national, the band. Okay. That that seems like the perfect background music for painting. And yeah, I, I've, yeah, I've never, I've never associated the soothing melodic effects of the national <laughs> in a garage painting, but I can totally see that yeah. back here right now. Yeah. and I assume that that's probably something that,
1: that that you do. It's constant. Yeah, constant. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm huge into music anyway, and so um, like whether I'm in my classroom or even if when I was coaching, you now we had music on the loudspeaker. It was just like, <laughs> and the whole time I'm teaching, like if I'm not. Talking to the class, music's playing. Yeah, you know, and we got a nice speaker set up there. Oh, but, nice! But out here, it's it's kind of odd. I guess you could say is because I like I like to create more to I guess you'd call them almost almost sad or depressing kind of music.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I appreciated yeah. that answer because you said you. You enjoy sad music. Well, I do too, yeah. and I feel weird that I do,
1: but I just do, yeah. and I'm it. not. I'm not depressed, <laughs> you right? know? I I've, It just is something about that mood uh-huh. that, for me at least, it, it works for me. I, if I, if I listen to say Metallica, which mm-hmm. I love, then believe it or not, I'm going to pick up my pace. I'm going to, you know, yeah. it, it actually sure. subconsciously starts to kind of take over a little bit That's for me. You know, yeah. I don't. It's not going to be the same for everybody, but for me. You know, and I don't want that kind of energy necessarily in something, you know, you know, maybe maybe there will be a piece that I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, let's let's rock out. Let's, you know,
0: it it might be fun to just scratch on the back of your paintings, the bands that you were listening to while you were painting those specific Um, before we get any deeper. You're you're highly connected to the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And um but i just like i said there's so many directions i want to go here but but i want to ask you about you had a dog i guess uh yeah. recently passed away rockwell rockwell yeah, named yeah. after norman yeah, rockwell. rockwell how yeah. cool is that man yeah.
1: yeah who i've i've read his autobiography a couple of times he's my favorite artist yeah you know and so i didn't want to name him norman i named him <laughs> rockwell but. so how did the,
0: the dog you have now hank who's he named after yeah.
1: Hank the cow dog my wife named him <laughs> and it works because he was literally born at some horse stables we used to have horses okay and he was and she actually helped deliver him uh, oh yeah. man that
0: is cool the
1: mama was stuck under a shelf and couldn't couldn't really help herself and so my wife actually delivered all the pups oh my but then this one every time she showed up to feed the horses would literally climb out of the pen and chase her around and so he ended up at our house and and you know now he's Part of the family.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So you're a big reader of Norman Rockwell, uh, like his
1: autobiography, you said. Okay. Um, Before they moved it out, they had the Boy Scouts of America Museum over... Irving. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So they closed it down now, but they used to because he was such a big supporter of them and he did their Uh magazine covers. They had a whole room of his paintings. I had heard that they were going to shut that down, so I... I took the day off and went. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty cool to and see. You enjoyed that? Yeah.
0: And, and Norman Rockwell, by the way, I think it's safe to say, that's the person you would like to go back and meet in history. That would be unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I actually do want to stay on him for just a moment because if most people are like me, you know him from the Saturday Evening Post mm-hmm. paintings on the covers and stuff. And it's just Americana, yeah. Simpler Time. The Four Freedoms. Uh, right. So yes, you just know just from the paintings. That's... that's for me, that's all I know. I right. know him through his artwork. Tell us something maybe we don't know from his autobiography, from his life that you want people to know about him.
1: Yeah, you know, I guess I kind of relate. You know, what I said earlier about going to school simply because of my art classes, you know, he he took it kind of a step further. He he stopped going to high school, you know, and he actually got into more of what's, I guess, considered an, an art school. Okay. You know, and so, um, and then if you read, in his autobiography you find out that he even struggled with that even getting into that you know and it's isn't that
0: fascinating
1: it is that and some it, of the yeah. most
0: talented people ever right the most creative minds or the people that we know for their profession above others early on they weren't recognized
1: right yeah. like they they just they didn't like they didn't say this you're the next lebron james right, like right. It
0: just across the board and
1: and and I use this in class all the time because somebody will say, I can't do that. They don't know Norman Walkwell, unfortunately, and so I get a chance to tell them. But sure. I'm like, do you understand that this guy's stuff now sells for millions of dollars? He literally, to the point the day he died, didn't understand why people wanted the originals, didn't understand why it was a, a thing. You know, and he lacked confidence mm. his whole life. That's another trait of you people
0: know. that are very successful. I just wow. find it
1: very interesting that a guy who was so good and literally at that point nationally recognized and well internationally recognized, you know, to would always doubt himself to the point. And I think that's what kept him always producing something really, really good. Was he was never satisfied because he 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 was he had those inner doubts all the time. So it was constant work on getting better.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah. So, the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. How did you get connected with them? And and what is your your exact title?
1: I'm actually the official artist of the, the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame.
0: The official artist yeah. of the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, recently featured in Beckett Magazine, Yeah, um, which I grew up right. just every month. Yeah. You know, sports cards and everything. So, how did you get connected with such a prestigious post there?
1: So... Unfortunately, the previous artist passed away. Um, from what I understand, she went in for a pretty simple eye surgery and uh and didn't make it. Aww. So yeah, I mean, just sure makes you think about life. But um so she and her husband had between the two of them had done it for fifty years. Right. So they were, that that was them. They were the only artist wow. of the Hall of Fame. And so he had passed away and turned it over to her. Um she had passed away, and then so right about that time, I had donated some work to Northwestern State University's basketball program to be auctioned off. It did really well. Um, I don't know; it was a smaller piece. I think they got like three grand for it, so that helped them, mm-hmm. um, which I was thrilled about because that was my my school. Cool. Um, the director of the uh, Sports Hall of Fame was in the audience; saw it you know he's looking looking for an artist and so it's one of those things where god put it in the right situation all at the right time so he it wasn't one of those things where they said you got it you know it was Mm -hmm. it was are you interested you know so um i was like yeah of course i'd love to do that it'd be awesome and then i don't know a month or so goes by i find out through some connections that um that is between myself and the guy that does LSU's Hall of Fame. So, hmm. and they liked us both because we were both former athletes. He was a former football player. Both former athletes now doing and, you know, they liked our styles even though they're entirely different. I found out did a painting of Hester, the, the former running back for LSU, you know, very specific for I was doing LSU. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I sent him a picture of it and I said feel free to compare. And so Luckily, I got the job the next day,
0: <laughs> and so how, I
1: think that was just because it showed I was willing to do you know something to get it. You know, I wanted it that bad. So,
0: how long have you been their guy for that?
1: Two thousand nine was the first induction class that I did. Okay, and so I've done I think over one hundred and twenty portraits for them already. Yeah.
0: And so. Is it through that position there, which I guess doesn't require you live in Louisiana, so that's helpful. Like, First of all, how how often do you have to go back and forth?
1: I go a couple times a year. Okay.
0: Is it safe to assume that that's where you've made most of your connections Connections. with professional athletes? Because I've seen tons of pictures of you with famous athletes. Um, You've talked about Peyton Manning and Archie Manning. Who's the most memorable? You know, you, you can have more than one answer. But 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 tell us about some of the folks that you have rubbed shoulders with. Well, first,
1: yes, the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame put me on the map, uh-huh. no doubt. I mean, and, and I love them for that. And I love the fact that it continues. I mean, every time they announce a class, it's Christmas for me. You know, I, I look forward to that literally probably more than Christmas.
0: So how much time do you have between the announcement and having to turn them in? And that, is that a stressful stretch there?
1: Uh, no, no. Um, Usually, it varies a little bit because the whole board has to meet to vote. Okay. And so, sometimes they meet here, sometimes they meet, you know. So, sometimes the meeting times are a little bit different. But I find out usually like, uh, let's say August or September. Okay. And I don't have to be done till May. Oh, okay. That's so cool. Normally, it's not a stressful time, but. It depends on how big the class is? It depends on how <laughs> cooperative they are. Uh-oh. Um, oh. I have to talk to them, get them to send pictures, tell me what they want, not only as the action shots but what else do you want in the background what story do you want this to tell Mm -hmm. you know because when i came along it was just the head and shoulder shot and that was it and i was like you know it doesn't really tell the story if somebody walks by and they see it and they don't know their face they're not gonna immediately know what they did well freddie spencer went in that year and he was a a motorcycle racer okay i was like there's no way (laughs) it was risky but I was like, there's no way I'm I'm not putting a motorcycle in this thing. Right. And oh, so I did. Wow. I just I took it upon myself and I put him in the background, turning into the portrait, just an awesome looking portrait. And then luckily for me, I didn't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, they said this is what the way we want to go from now on. And so, I so you. Yeah. So I got I, I guess I got lucky, but you know, that's the thing is you walk in and you, you can tell literally by looking at the portrait, Oh, well that person played football, that person right. played volleyball, you know. So and then that draws them to, to the portrait, but also to that person. And then they pull up their information on their super awesome touch screen that they have. You know, they'll, you touch the name and the video comes up and starts playing and oh, shows cool. highlights. It's it's an what, awesome place. Is
0: this in Baton Rouge or? Natchitoches. Okay. Natchitoches.
1: Natchitoches, okay. Louisiana. Yep. All right. Yeah. They built the $30 million museum right on front street.
0: How cool. Yeah. It really right. cool. It's really cool. just real quick. I'm,
1: I'm sitting under a
0: painting uh, that you did of Peyton Manning. Yeah. And he's in his Broncos uniform. Who determines which team? Like, for (laughs) example, it could have been a Colts uniform that he was in for this picture. How is that determined?
1: For the Hall of Fame portrait, it's strict. Well, I want to say it's determined by them, but at the same time, it's really supposed to be geared towards why they're going into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. And I'll give you a good example is Nick Saban. Okay. Okay. So you think about Nick Saban now, you think Alabama. Sure. Right. Um, Talking to say his wife, (laughs) she wants Alabama in the portrait, but it's not the Alabama sports hall of fame. It's the Louisiana. And he's going in because he won a national championship at LSU. Uh And so it wasn't a big, you know, disagreement or anything. It was just like, Hey, by the way, it has to focus on this. We can put Alabama in there. We want Alabama to be part of the story. But it's got to be focused on LSU. So the main thing he's wearing has got to be the LSU stuff. And so sometimes that conversation has to be had. But when it comes to like the pro guys, you know, it's just what do you what do you prefer? Because sometimes they have a a reason not to, you know. Sure. Or maybe it was a bad breakup with their yeah, former team. Or, yeah. yeah, I got um, you. The stuff that you're seeing is entirely up to me. Okay. Because these are going into my show. I just want them to sign them. And so if I okay. think... I've got Reggie Reggie Wayne uh-huh. in Colts you know I didn't want to do Peyton in Colts I didn't want to you know st- start that whole thing Okay, you know and so um, it's just more thinking from my show standpoint mm-hmm. what do I want to you know and I, I hadn't done a Broncos at that point you know I just started thinking about that and, and uh, what I, I I just think about what do I want to do what do I want to show and if I see a, a photograph that I'm like well I can I can, I'd really want to do that then that's that's kind of what I do yeah, this is <laughs> Jake Delome. Love it. Yeah, he's cool too. He was super cool. It seems like it. That's yeah. really neat. I'll still send him a text on his birthday. Ah,
0: oh, that's yeah, cool. He'll always respond.
1: Peyton was memorable. Shaq was Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh huh. Yeah. That was a fun one. That was <laughs> I mean, just just pure size anyway. I mean, there's a picture up there above that shelf you can see how big. oh
0: he is. man
1: yeah so I, I'm, you're six, not, I'm six feet I
0: was just about yeah. to say you're not a small man
1: <laughs> yeah My but, gosh. I, but I look like a jockey he's next a to him.
0: giant yeah how tall is he Shaq
1: he says he's seven foot but oh he's
0: more than that yeah some, I mean just looking at that picture yeah, alone
1: I think he was listed at seven one or something like that but
0: in how tall is Shaquille O'Neal yeah sorry Shaquille O'Neal oh. seven feet, one inch tall. Seven feet, seven one. one okay, yeah. yeah,
1: all right, sorry. But he's also, you know, um, <laughs> I, I got to meet Orlando Woolridge, who was seven uh-huh. feet, Irving Johnson was seven feet, mm-hmm. so I've met some seven feet tall guys, but not, I mean, he's like four times their weight. Yeah, and he's He a- threw those guys around like rag dolls, you know, right. So so um, I literally reached up like this, how, <laughs> as tall as I could, and patted him on the shoulder, and I was like, hey man, you're always one of my favorites, and it was like hitting a bowling ball. I ain't joking. His shoulders were just solid rock. Have
0: have you heard... Yeah, he. I can imagine. Have you heard the fun fact? I'm going to screw this up.
1: This is the problem with
0: doing everything on the fly here. (laughs) But have you heard the connection, Shaquille O'Neal to NBA championships? You heard
1: this? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Oh, like he's played with somebody on every championship team. Right.
0: Okay. uh, Let's see. Here we go. NBA finals. So uh, a 36-year run of either Shaquille O'Neal himself or teammates... That have appeared in the NBA Finals. Yeah. 36 years. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about. Fred G.N. 14. Yes, that's Fred? how Google says it, too. Gainefort. Gainefort.
1: Okay. Tell us about Fred Geinfort. He says he knows that's how it's a telemarketer when they call it. Yes. You. Well, I'm the same way with Malinac. Yeah.
0: Is Keith M- Melkin Mecha- yeah, yeah. Me- I mean, are you even looking at the page? It's
1: pretty self-explanatory. Anyway, tell us about Fred. So I come back from the off-season, right, with the Cubs, and I'm, I get a job at a gym. So... I'm cleaning weights and this and that, and it was a great place for me to, to have to work out. So I meet him because he, he was a fitness guy and heavily into that. And then, so he kind of pulls some strings, I guess, a little bit, or um, gets me student teaching in his class when it comes up to my for my time to do that. And so we became really, really good friends, learned a ton about teaching from him. I would say now he's he's one of my best friends for sure. How cool is you that? Uh, so we stay in, when I go to Natchitoches, I stay with him and his wife at their house and, um, he got me started using, you know, the techniques that I use even to this day, um, brought me to Christ. I mean, just (laughs) you name it, you know, I mean, he's done so much for me. And so, um, so yeah, he's, he's a big part of my life. Right. And so, um, I give him a lot of credit for a lot of, a lot of the ways that I am now, obviously he's, he's super, super helpful in my life.
0: Maybe I should have led with this but I've waited till now in the podcast to reveal that this artist that I'm talking to is colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go back to the Peyton Manning painting that okay. I'm sitting under and I'm constantly looking at during this podcast. The color scheme. I mean, I'm very familiar with the Broncos uniform. Everything's perfect. Yeah. How do you get to that point? If, and, and, and what degree of colorblindness do you have? <laughs>
1: Um, (laughs) well, so when I started teaching, I started worrying about, you know, here I am an art teacher and I have this disability. Would a school fire me if they found out? I hid this my entire life. Wow. I went through high school, college and didn't want them to know, you know, I was already kind of being held back a little bit in college because I was an athlete and an art major right and uh-huh. it didn't cross paths i was too gonna often. say yeah um their thing was he's not putting in as much time as everybody else but the problem was they didn't know is i just wasn't sleeping you know i'd practice all afternoon and then i'd go home and i'd do this all night oh you know my. i just didn't sleep a lot um so anyway because i started teaching i was worrying about it i went to an eye doctor i was like hey i need to get documentation that this is actually a, a disability He's like, okay, and so runs me through the first test. <laughs> and the, it, it was a pastel test. I could pass the eye test at school. You know, you always got that that test growing up, right? The the scene test.
0: You cover one eye, you see the letters right the house, and uh, they always have
1: three colors. And they said, which color is this one? I could pass that because it seemed it was the same one every year for okay. my whole life. Right? No big deal. I could pass it, but I knew I knew I was colorblind. He gives me this pastel test, and it's these pastel-colored, basically, beads, right? And he's like, put them in order. I'm like, done. They're already in order. <laughs> he goes, they're not even close. He's like, why don't you just give it a go? I was like, all right. And so, put them in order. And uh, he comes in, and he, and what they do is they have this chart. Well, on the chart, it's supposed to make a complete circle if you got them all right. And mine was like... <laughs> 17 stars on top of each other. You know? <laughs> oh, no. And so he's like, hey, you got one right out of 36. So that, that's to tell you how bad it is. Oh my and he God. goes, you probably got lucky on that one. you know." And so he was so intrigued by it. This is an eye doctor. He was so intrigued by it. He's like, I'm not even going to charge you for this. In fact, I want to give you another one. <laughs> so he gives me another test, a totally different, time, different kind. And same thing, 36 colors. I got one right. And so it's not quite black and white but it's it's pretty close
0: so then how do you get the colors lsu i'm looking at purple and yellow uh, uh steelers uh, i'm looking at all these vivid colors celtics colts astros spurs uh, i mean uh, the chiefs <laughs> yeah. and they're perfect i know my sports colors and uniforms yeah. uh, i'm looking at the rockies the panthers they're all spot on how do you get there
1: well, I tell my kids at school I'm really smart, but, <laughs> okay. you know, but I'm not, <laughs> right? I'm not going to claim to be. Um, I've had to learn a lot how to handle this over the years. Obviously, mixing mixing paint is an issue. I know what I see, you know. I I, I don't know what you see, but I know what I see, you know. And I know right. how to look at a picture and keep going with it until I until they look the same, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I did. You know, a lot of this is Prismacolor. Are you familiar with Prismacolor? I'm not. Prismacolor is like a colored pencil that ninety nine percent of people on the planet use wrong. Okay. So it's not meant to be used like a regular colored pencil. Okay. All right. Most people do. So if you pull up colored Prismacolor off on Google, it's just gonna look like regular colored pencil. And frankly garbage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So but they're expensive. They sound expensive. They're a couple bucks a piece, <laughs> okay. you know, each pencil. So the whole idea behind a Prismacolor pencil is it's supposed to, as you work and cause friction, it heats up. It's made of wax and it melts the color together. Okay. So it's literally taking the paint that's in a pencil and working it to where it heats up and melts together. So it's color melting together. Huh. Right. That's how you're supposed to do it. And I've actually taught workshops to adults on on wow. this. Um, I spend the first hour telling them how, you know, Everything that you thought about this is wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh huh. So, but then you look at these other things, like the background of Les Miles right here. That's that's acrylic paint. So I still use Jesus over there, the big one. That's all acrylic paint. Okay. Um, and that's an impressionist style that I'm just playing with, basically.
0: It's it's incredible. Oh, thank you. Tell me, it's it's already finished.
1: No. No. My goodness, because it's already... It's pretty close, but that's five hours in is all. <laughs> so
0: Five hours? Yeah, I was
1: using a big brush.
0: <laughs> that is, okay, uh, you're very talented.
1: I realized pretty early that with undertones, um, artists out there will understand what, you know, like in skin tones, for example, there are undertones in the flesh, okay? Um, so I can't necessarily see whether I'm covering up reds or greens or sometimes even blues. And so I switched my undertones to grays, right? So gray is a neutral color anyway, um, but there are warm grays and there are cool grays. And so if I want a fleshy tone, I'm gonna gonna be mixing in and I can manipulate a color with those grays because it's a neutral color. So I can now take a color that I was using and use the grays to get it to the tone of that color that, that I need, okay? (laughs) <laughs> you following i'm trying uh, <laughs> and so i use that to my advantage okay um, but again i know what i see so
0: that's just it yeah
1: as long as it's what you see you have
0: your own i guess code yeah in in your in your mind's
1: eye here's something that's unique is like be, because the prismacolors say the name on it right they always have the name on the pencil if you were to look into my one of my pencil bags which i have five. If you opened it up, you would notice every single one sharpened from the opposite end. Hmm. So every time I pick up the pencil, whether I know it's the right pencil or not, my habit is to look at the name so I don't accidentally use the wrong color.
0: That's interesting because I, I, was, I was wondering because I have so many questions and, and I'm just going to rapid fire them here, okay? Yeah. So let's see if we can remember them all. Do you ever get help? In other words, does Paula come out and say, whoa, that's not the right color? Okay. She,
1: she used to in the past. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, as a kid, did you know that my goodness, uh I'm not seeing color. like when did you discover, oh my gosh,, uh, that's the other question I have yeah. um and then is it almost and this isn't to be insulting, is it almost like paint by numbers? in other words, <laughs> in other words, y- you've been tasked with lots of l s u individuals, yeah, so do you know that okay the the purple is you know, And i have no idea but i'm just i'm guessing here you know the purple is is p12 and that way you don't have to sit there and figure out is this the right color and all this stuff you know Uh, not not exactly
1: so much Um, (laughs) because (laughs) because i think that would take too much intelligence and memory for me yeah okay um, you have a little code book or something or um uh, spreadsheet so i do keep all my pencils in different cases I have my skin tones in this one. Well, two two different ones. My skin tones are very, very broad. And I've expanded even a little bit. Um, I even, you know, depending on the person, obviously, there's there's probably 10 to 12 different colors that I use on anybody just in the skin tones. Okay, To get to where I need to get. And recently, I've even added lilac of all colors oh. to, in my skin tones. You know, so not all of them. It does some of them doesn't call for that, but, um, let's just say African-American people sometimes if the lighting is, is in a certain way, cause they're not all the same either. I mean, right. they're, they're all, there's so many different ranges, mm-hmm. but if so, if I see this color here and, and I never would have thought to use lilac until I myself said, I wonder what this would look like mixed with these colors. And so, because I'm already using different browns and I even, I've got reds in there, um. There's so many varieties, but with a lilac on top of some of those areas in certain spots, it works perfectly for me. Uh I do tell you this. One of my college roommates is actually an eye doctor now, right? Which is funny. He knows more about colorblind people than anybody else I know. And so um, remember, I tried to hide this. So a guy from Louisiana calls me and he's going to do an interview, right? And so in the middle of the interview, he says, so I understand you're colorblind. Now keep in mind all the way up to this point, I had hid this. You know, like this was my life secret.
0: How long ago was this interview?
1: Uh, probably four or five years ago.
0: Wow. Still keeping it secret. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. It was my, my life secret. Wow. And so I'm like, who told you that? You know, that was my response. Who told you that? And he's like, ah, oh, I, don't, I don't remember. And then I was like, where do you live? Oh, no. <laughs> right? He tells me where he lives. I said, uh-huh. who's your eye doctor? And it was Pete. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete is the one that told me. And so then I call up Pete and I said, Pete, (laughs) (laughs) let's have a talk. Let's talk about this. And he goes, yeah, man, everybody that comes in here, I brag about how the fact that you're the Hall of Fame artist and you're colorblind. He said, I use it a lot because I get a lot of colorblind people in here. I was like, well, guess what? I just had a guy ask me about it in an interview. uh, Mm. So now I'm fearful at this point. I'm going to lose my job with the Hall of Fame. You got to keep in mind, this was my fear. My whole life, and so I literally just brought it up to you know, I said, "Hey, this is going to come out in this interview, and blah blah blah." And because the guy's like, "We can leave it out," I was like, "You know what? Whatever." You know, I'd I'd done Shack and everybody else. at, yeah. the, at this point, you'd not already to, been with not uh, to brag, but sure. You know, I I was pretty confident. You've proven
0: yourself by then,
1: right? I proved. You know, I think the artwork had spoken for itself at that right. point. Um, so I just said, "Doug, this is going to come out," and blah, blah, blah. I said, "You know, um, the article was actually." He this guy was interviewed me to do an article that was gonna go into the uh, media guide for the Hall of Fame. And so I so I have a two-page spread in there, and that was the one whole paragraph on that. And uh I said, should we leave this out, leave that out, or not? He's like, nah, we love it. <laughs> it's it's we think so it makes awesome. It, yeah, we make it more unique and um it's, it, it's honestly a remarkable thing. And, so,
0: yeah. and maybe you don't want this reaction, but it actually makes it even more impressive your artwork. Oh, thanks! It man. truly
1: does. That's a fascinating fact. Yeah. So I mean, it's a challenge. It's one of those God's sense of humor kind of things. I mean, exactly.
0: <laughs> How ironic is yeah. it that the guy who from early on has said, "I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to paint. Yeah. I, I'm going. Oh yeah, and I'm colorblind.
1: I mean, it, it's just yeah. that's it's, awesome. It's a it's a challenge. I mean, I'm sure. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, and, I have apps on my phone that I I use, I don't always trust, hmm. but there's colorblind apps, right? Um, the one I use the most, I'll show you. Right okay, right? yeah. I actually save it down here on my bar because yeah. that's important. That's right? Right. right? So I'll just open it up and whatever I point to, it'll tell me. The
0: oh, wow. So what he's doing right now is he's holding it up to a painting and the app is telling him the color. Yeah. Right there. I mean, there it is gold, tan, brown, black, charcoal. Right. How great is so that? So
1: sometimes, though, you know, that is cool. You know, the sports team's colors, right? And so you'll pull it up and it'll tell you, like, something wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. like, oh, good. No, I can't even trust the app. <laughs> it's uh, an
0: alternate uniform, y'all.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I'll, sometimes I'll get opinions from, you know, um, like Mrs. Link is somebody I teach with and I've taught with her for a long time. She's an art teacher. And her color spectrum for her eyes is way advanced like you know there's the range that most people see there's me clear down here and then there's her like she can see literally three times the colors like if you say what color brown is this she'll say well this part's sienna brown this part's Terracotta, this first, you know, and it'll drive me crazy because I just want to know if,
0: All right,
1: you know, <laughs> there's no justice in the don't world. Tell me that because I can't see where you're pointing at anyway. I just, uh-huh. you know, I see brown. And so, anyway, but I'll ask her, and then she'll say, Well, why don't you try this, these colors to get to that? I'll go back, and I'll, and it still won't look the right to me. And so then I'll be like, Well, I'm going to try this, this, this instead, and I'll do it, and then I'll show it to her, and she'll be like, oh yeah you nailed it I was like hey guess what I didn't use those colors at all. I used, <laughs> she's like you know and she's told people that I'll use it's weird to say because you wouldn't think that this would even be possible but I'll use different com- color combinations than than you're supposed to or most people would to get to the same thing mm-hmm. but you know color's you. color you're supposed to be able to just mix certain colors to get certain colors that's just the way it is but sure I don't know Okay. You know, the grays come in quite a bit so
0: so so Let's go to your baseball days,
1: because you took a line
0: drive off of jaw.
1: Yeah, as a pitcher. Yeah, and
0: I don't recommend it. No, no, sixty feet, six inches away.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. one hundred and three. One
0: hundred and three mile an hour. We clocked
1: it coming in, going in. My pitch was ninety three, and then uh-huh. it came out at one hundred and three. That's when they had those minus five bats. They outlawed them the next year oh wow yeah so you and i could go hit a home run right now without even stretching with a minus five yeah uh, you could <laughs> i would ground out the second so well. <laughs> okay
0: um tell us about that experience
1: i tell you man i was warming up childers was in the bullpen and like man i was lights out in the pen which to this day is not a good sign for me <laughs> like he he told me later he goes i told van horn man you were gonna throw no hitter <laughs> Well, this guy hits a, just a shot. I didn't even see it. Hits me in the right, right side of my jaw. Oh. Broke right down the middle. Um, oh. Which they say, the doctor told me, that the up by your ears is actually weaker than that. So there was so much compression that it broke right down the middle. Like, kind of like a wishbone. So it hit yeah. the side of your face. It hit me here. Your cheek. Ricocheted off. Scraped my shoulder on the way out. Okay. Uh, and, and Flew there's- over the shortstop. Oh, God. Yeah, so I was mad because they didn't feel it, <laughs> uh, and so but the shattering was your chin, basically below your right, lip, right, right down, down, down below my my bottom teeth, straight through. Um, How much blood we talking? Tons. Um, oh. Actually, so I didn't. I was proud of myself for not going down. Right. Like, oh like yeah. I'm gonna stay on my feet. Good for you, man. Um, <laughs> and I was I was huge about staying in the game. You know, I'm like, this is my game. This is my. I don't. Nobody's gonna finish this for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so obviously everybody's rushing out because I just saw me get plastered in the face with the ball. Right, right, um, right. I was okay, you know, and I started. I reached in to put my fingers in my mouth, and I couldn't get my fingers in. And so I kind of I did the wrong thing, and I don't suggest this at all. I freaked out and I grabbed both sides and I jerked. Um, Lucky for me, I actually put it back in place. I lined it back up. Look at you! Yeah, a little surgery for myself. Um, <laughs>
0: you're like the Bronco Nagurski of baseball, <laughs> in there. Right?
1: Well, and it and it uh, and I don't really like telling people that, just because they look at it as kind of like, oh, you're yeah, you think you're a tough guy. Mm. No, that's just adrenaline taking over and and uh, freaking out more than anything. But um, you know, I I did that, and then I kind of bent over. Of course, now blood's just filling up my mouth and um, yeah and then I, I I was still I was like I'm staying in I'm staying in I'm staying and children's like no you're not <laughs> you know and so then that's when I got upset but um they had to put me this is at UTSA they had to put me in the back of a, a truck and because I was bleeding so much drive me over to the training room and then they wanted to put in steel plates at, in San Antonio that night our trainers like no we need to see our doctor uh-huh. so I had to ride the bus all the way back that night to natchitoches louisiana wake up the next morning driving a car to all the way down to i think it was baton rouge um see the surgeon there and he's like well you actually you know because you put it back into place it's starting to heal (laughs) he said we're a doctor too he's like we can wire it shut if you want um but it's gonna heal uh i was like all right i said can i pitch you know, And they're, they're like, well, as long as you don't get hit. <laughs> so, actually, um, the next day I went and stood at the end of the batting cages while guys were hitting. So, uh-huh. balls were just flying at me. Oh, um, so, I kind of got used to that. Pitched the next weekend. Um, and because because I didn't want to get hit, I threw a two-hit shutout. <laughs> Look at you, man. <laughs> there was some motivation there. I was like, I do not want to get hit again. Uh uh-huh.
0: I want to tell you who you remind me of here. Uh, they, they didn't let you stay in the game, though, did they? No. Jerks, yeah, I know. because Selfish. in 1919, <laughs> Ray Caldwell, Indians pitcher, was struck by lightning. Oh jeez, and He'd probably stayed in. He see, yeah, I think they took him out or something, and he came back or something. Of course, that, that's against the rules of baseball. So, yeah. uh, I'm trying to figure out the story here because I'm just, I'm just skimming it here. But bottom line is, um, uh, you are, you are the modern day uh, Ray Caldwell. <laughs> not by choice yeah no so i guess it could have been worse i mean you could have been struck by lightning that would have
1: not been good let's see i had a friend who was struck by lightning last year oh no fishing yeah down in the bay that's not good shout out to bart bickerton
0: (laughs) anyhow i I, look up ray caldwell i i know he finished the game i think it was like a complete game or something that's still
1: crazy though that is
0: uh, that's crazy yeah all right so of course we're going to cross paths at a physical therapy place because it sounds like you and I have a knack for injuring ourselves, right? <laughs> apparently, or getting injured. Apparently, um, you have the broken. Is it fair to say shattered? No. no.
1: Um, it, right. it broke in two spots, but okay. one was three fourths the way through, and the other. I guess the other piece broke off. So they, <laughs> what is
0: it? Just is it on a hillside in Colorado or? Um, What do you mean it broke? It just broke off. It's just floating around in there?
1: Not anymore. Okay, they they got it out. Okay. (laughs) So they put a steel plate along the side to fix the one piece. That's got nine screws in it. And then they took another screw through the front. Well, they drilled a hole all the way through Mm. and went in with a long screw, threaded at the end, and then screwed into the piece that broke off the backside. Oh, my. And then that sucked it back up against the other bone. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently, it's healing.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah, good. they okay. say it looks
1: like it's healing. So okay. It doesn't feel like it's healing, but it uh-huh. sure looks like it's healing. So you got the leg. You like my Superman socks.
0: I do. I like, yeah, he's got uh, he's got um, a pair of Crocs on, camouflage Crocs <laughs> with bright red Superman socks. I love it. That's how I roll. Uh-huh. And so you took the line drive, uh, broken jaw.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, broke your back.
1: Broke my back squatting. Any
0: any other injuries um, that we need to know about? <laughs> cause I'm, cause I'm, I'm going through my catastrophic injuries, and right now I've more than doubled you. But go ahead. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man. I am accident prone. <laughs> hard to do. Yeah, but these, your, uh, yours are. Those. Are I mean, fun. those are the
1: three main like breaks. Yeah. I've broken fingers. I wrestled in high school, yeah. so I broke a lot of fingers. I didn't yeah, broken my those. toes a few times. Not my big toe, but my my little my middle toes. Oddly Eesh, enough. Yeah. Um, but fingers and toes, I think, are i don't really count deals. those right yeah yeah because yeah, they're just small like literally like I, I haven't done this in a while
0: but one day i was thinking of all the different broken fingers and stuff like that and i think i've determined i'm either as many broken as never broken or just maybe a little <laughs> bit more i'm telling you man i mean look, look, right there if you're looking at my fingers there oh yeah i tried to chop them off with a hedge trimmer oh uh, i am not a smart person pro- i didn't you even doing? count that you, like being stupid fixing it Something got clogged
1: up. You're reaching in there to get it. Yeah, let's just yeah. say that.
0: No, it's not that glamorous. And a lot of the people listening to this podcast will be familiar with those exploits, as I shared them on Twitter back in the day. But um, uh, let's just say I wasn't thinking for a moment. Yeah. As a uh,
1: that's what gets us all. Yeah,
0: an electrical cord was getting dangerously close to the um, to the teeth as I was in the process of uh, oh, cutting the hedges. No, I'm picturing it. And just reaching for it and not.
1: So you were getting the cord out of the way? Yeah,
0: I was trying to get the cord out of the way. And I was more concerned about the cord than the slashing teeth that were nearby. (laughs) I I don't know. And I was home alone.
1: Oh, yeah. I was home alone. Of course I was. drive yourself to the hospital?
0: And I had to run all the way into the house to the way back. Yeah, so I grabbed these nasty... We don't need to focus this whole podcast on me. <laughs> I mean, I could literally sit here for hours of all my injuries, but I just remember grabbing the nearest like old radio station t-shirt that I'd yeah. worked at 20 years ago. It yeah. was in the garage. That,
1: that was full of blood. Pretty
0: oh yeah. And I just had to squeeze it the whole way. And I had to run to the back of the house to get my keys and my wallet. And, wow and drive myself to the ER, and it was... She blood all over your car. Good ...time. I did not. I did a great job of keeping that. <laughs> See, I think I sat you, on it.
1: At least you kept your priorities right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I remember walking into the ER. I remember there was an episode of Friends on, and I just remember trying to focus on it while I was waiting for them to call my name, and I, I think I nearly passed out just standing there watching the TV, and this, this nurse guy came up just in time and took me back there. How many fingers? All four? Three of them. Uh, got it. Good. Yeah. So uh, yeah. they look great now. Yeah. But um, I can tell you that I watched the Huskers game that day uh, from an ER uh, recovery <laughs> bed on my phone. How long ago was this? Maybe three and a half years ago. Oh, so they probably was, lost. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. I think it was their first win of the year. Oh, Hang okay. I got to look this up. Hang on. Hang on. Yep. October 27th, 2018. Bethune-Cookman. Oh, yeah. uh, and so uh, I got to 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 watch that Well, at game. least that so that made you feel a little better. Yeah, cuz yeah. we won that game. I'm yeah. just looking it up right here. Uh 45 to 9, which nice. uh for for a nanosecond it felt like the old days. Right. But anyhow, I just well, the old would've, days would have been 89 to 9. It would have been yeah. yes, it would have been <laughs> it would have been 63 to 0 at halftime against Iowa State. But those are the good old right. days cuz I was at Nebraska. 94 to 98, where we won three titles in four seasons, only lost two games. I could not have timed my stint there more perfectly. Was that Tommy Frazier and uh, Frazier, yeah. Berenguer? Yes, it was yeah. uh, the whole uh, the 95 team. In my opinion, the greatest college football team of all time. There you go. And I'm not going to entertain Louisiana State uh, <laughs> from a couple years ago. I'm not even going to listen to that.
1: And uh, there you have it. Okay, so I I did uh because you almost chopped your fingers off i have a finger story oh tell us about your uh finger story what'd you so do me i'm worse like on ladders oh uh-huh. like, a ladder in me it's a bad idea i still do it all the time but um so anyway i almost said that's one place i haven't
0: hurt myself you but i'm gonna have to wood. knock on wood <laughs> knock on this wood. you got yeah. anything else because yeah. i just
1: jinxed myself but right. continue please you're on so i'm trimming trees <laughs> this wasn't here um of course it could be here you saw how many trees I yeah what? but i'm um, some trimming trees and it's over a fence right so i had to i had to go over the fence with a ladder and i'm looking down i'm like well i don't want to fall on that fence that's a is a horse fence for me with horse fence uh-uh. it's it's thin enough and strong enough to slice right through you let's just put it that way right <laughs> if you if you were to fall say off a ladder I'll... not
0: a place i need to be hanging out
1: no <laughs> or falling on off. <laughs> so I'm trimming the trees and my ladder goes and flies out from under me. And remember, I was like, well, I'm not going to fall on that. But so to save myself, I couldn't grab the tree. There was a metal building nearby. So I reach and I grab the metal building. Well, it was a triangular like roof, pitched roof. So then I start to slide down. No,
0: no, no. Yeah. You're <laughs> killing me. I can't. I can't do this. Right.
1: And so my whole oh, right hand, oh, oh. nonetheless, none my... my my, my art hand oh you know? yeah so slices all the way through i don't remember from there to the house i don't remember how i got around the fence how i hit the ground it's all black right so i remember then getting to the back door opening the door yelling for my wife who apparently couldn't hear me <laughs> she's all the way upstairs so she finally comes outside and there's just a puddle of blood right and so we were to the it all worked out to where all the slices were not on the the bends of the you know because oh yeah if you get those it's more serious it was all in between this this one was all the way through to the bone oh. um, so i just got a technique shot and some band-aids but i thought it was bad you know uh so oh. so much blood
0: dang dude
1: yeah boy we are we're a mess. We better not hang out ever. This <laughs> is like like a tool time. You know, I was gonna say
0: like <laughs> the universe will see. Oh look, the two most accident-prone men are together. This is gonna be awesome. Okay, so you would like to appear on the Tonight Show at some point?
1: Yeah, yeah with your always, artwork on display. Yeah.
0: And um, how do you make that happen?
1: I don't know. <laughs> well, my goal, maybe you send I mean, this podcast to Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've always tried to let my artwork kind of speak for itself. You know, um, I I figure the more I accomplish, the more, you know, the chance of that happening, uh, it's just one of those things, you know, it's just like people would be like, well, why, why would you want to be on there? But, you know, they used to have artists on there once in a while. They'd have a mixture of, you know, it seems like lately it's just all been celebrities, but, Mm -hmm. um, they used to kind of have a mixture. So I grew up seeing, you know, cartoonists on there and, you know, Cool. You know, they'd have Dave Schultz or whatever, you know, they'd, yeah. you know, they'd have them on there. And so it, just, it would just be one of those monumental kind of, no, yeah, you made it kind of things. That's you know? cool.
0: Yeah. that Okay. Well, let me know how I can help you with that.
1: I, I mean, I have that. zero
0: connections up there, but <laughs> at least you'll have this podcast to send to somebody, you know, yeah, I don't know. Right. Okay. So if people want to check out your artwork, you've got chrisbrownsportsart.net. chrisbrownsportsart.net you're on twitter at c brown sports art yeah you can't fit the whole thing on there yeah very <laughs> limiting over there yeah. let's see instagram it's chris brown sports art yeah. facebook chris brown sports art everybody catching the theme here yeah so if someone's listening right now and you want them to remember one thing would it be the website chris is it i always want to push traffic to
1: my website okay um but instagram would probably be the second place okay um maybe it's just because of the, it's more of a visual thing but instagram is pretty yeah. big with artists okay um, that would make
0: sense because it's yeah. just a bunch of squares and
1: yeah twitter okay. you know you can post your picture but it's not yeah meant strictly for imagery okay whereas instagram is and i've connected with a lot of sports artists around the the well i should say world really hmm. um on there, and so it's kind of that's just yeah. I feel like that's the place for okay for Instagram art.
0: Chris Brown Sports Art. Man, I, I appreciate this Uh you sitting down, and uh we're gonna have to get together for a Husker game or something for at sure. some point.
1: Yeah, thanks and for having me. Yeah, it's been fun. yeah.
0: Anything that I have uh, forgotten to cover here that you wanted to uh, chat on? Or are we good? I think we're good. <laughs> All right, Chris Brown. <laughs> please check out his work, ChrisBrownSportsArt.net. Thanks so much, man. Yeah. Thanks for having. me. It was really great getting to know a fellow Husker fan like Chris. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, be sure to check out his artwork, uh, chrisbrownsportsart.net, chrisbrownsportsart.net. And when you're done checking out his stuff, don't forget to head over to atthemikeshow.com. Mike is spelled M-I-C, At atthemikeshow.com. When you go there, you can find archived episodes you can uh, share with your friends. There's ways to contact me. And, of course, donations to this podcast and five-star reviews are always very much appreciated. Next week, I'm going to sit down with Blaze personality, Eric July. Eric is a thinker. And his transformation from a rough and tumble teenager to a guy walking around talking about Austrian economics is it's, it's fascinating. I love his story. And I hope you're going to join me next week for that conversation it's going to be episode 50 of At The Mic. Wow. Until then, go be free. And thank you for listening to At The Mic. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Head to
1: at themicshow.com for archived episodes, sponsor information, and ways to connect.